Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is the best. Today, the best thing that you could do for me is if you follow us on Facebook and Instagram and you also left us a review on Apple Podcasts, you would be really shocked to figure out how much that helps the show. Uh, before we get into all the fun stuff, I want to say thanks for doing that and that today's show is brought to you by Super Grip ATV Tires, the 8-ply sidewall and one inch tread depth of the K9 Super Grip ATV tire is my personal tire of choice. Uh, not just not just the fact that they're sponsored. I actually do run these on my car. They're my tire of choice. And the reason is because they're such a tough tire. Uh, they give me plenty of traction when I need it, especially when I know how to drive it. Uh, there is plenty, plenty of tread depth to help me get through any kind of loose dirt, rocks or anything like that. And uh, I actually run the standard compound, not the softer intermediate compound. And uh, I've been really, really pleased with the results. I do recommend, if you can squeeze it out of your budget, I run the standard Kevlar option. And I think that's what's made that tire so successful. I've run it in some really um, extraneous situations on the tire. Uh, had some really interesting situations pop up and uh, even some areas where I goofed and made mistakes and ran the tire on two to three PSI. Anyways, long story short, those tires are still alive and well and I'm really happy to be having them on my car right now. Supergripatv.com, Supergripatv on Instagram and Facebook. Next on the list is the Dynajet Research Inc. If you listen to the show at all, you'll know uh, that clutching is a really big issue when it comes to UTVs in particular. And Dynajet Research Inc., they have really got it sorted out. They sent me a Stage 2 power kit, which included um, not only a PowerVision 3 tuner, which held one of their tunes that I'm running on my car, but it also came with the clutch adjustments. One really great thing about the Dynajet setup is that the clutching is interchangeable in terms of the weight system, and they include another spring. So right now I'm running the uh, middle grade spring, if you will, like he has stock, which is softest, and then I'm running the middle grade, and they include one a little bit uh, heavier in case you're going to run like a 32-inch paddle or a really heavy 32 or even a 35-inch tall tire. They'll also suggest tuning your clutch to what application and elevation that you're at. This is the high level that these guys go into. Dynajet Research Inc. and their clutch kits are, in my opinion, you know, second to none. Uh, they are the best. A lot of racers use them. A lot of trail guys use them. And I've had now personal experience for almost over a year. And they've been really, really great for me. So dinojet.com and then Dinojet Research Inc. on Facebook and Instagram. Go check them out. I'm sure your favorite racer uses their clutching setup. Next on the show, we have uh, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. They are really great. If you're in the southeast area, particularly Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, that area, uh, Chris from Diddy's Big Block Race Shop will take your full-size buggy from either 0% finished, no chassis, no nothing, to 100% finished, a total turnkey build, or he can go and finish the last 5% for you. Uh, Chris is one of the best guys I've had to work with in this industry. There's a lot of really great people, but Chris's customer service and his ability to communicate clear and effective timelines, uh, he's been really, really great to me. And he's a super cool dude. If you ever see him out at races or things like that, he's a really cool guy to hang out with. He is your number one resource for Mark Williams parts, and he does a variety of different things, including chassis design, chassis building, finishing things out, you know, basically anything when it comes to the actual hard parts. 
But one thing that Diddy's Big Block Race Shop does that I particularly love is their shock tuning. They work with full size and UTVs. Uh, I expect their UTV package to be fully released uh, in the near future. Very exciting stuff. He's worked on a bunch of different cars, or excuse me, a bunch of different UTVs, and he's got a really great package. I run it on my car, and I'm super pleased. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Instagram and Facebook. Next on the list is iRate 4x4. I personally think iRate 4x4 is, is pretty underrated. If you listen to the last ad I gave for him, uh, it's pretty true. I went on there this morning. There was a lot of information that was available for me to digest really quickly. Uh, years worth of people's build threads where I could just sift through it and go through it all at one time. Very, very easy stuff uh, and a lot of information to be had. You just use the nice search icon, search the forums for what you're looking for. If you're not exactly sure what you're looking for, there are categories in which you can search the forums to get into the side-by-side -side area, the towing area, the 4400 builds, whatever it may be, there is a place for you on irate4x4.com, I-R-A-T-E-4-X-4.com, irate4x4.com, folks. Check it out. Next on the list is all things UTV. One product that I don't often uh, highlight but is definitely worth having is the Axle Magic 2. This is a patented tool from All Things UTV that comes powder coated in a variety of different colors. But if you're like me and you've ever broken a CV at either the transmission or the differential side where you could pull your axle out, uh, but the actual CV cup stayed in the differential or transmission, AKA you just have this like weird box looking thing sticking out of your transmission or differential, Axle Magic 2 is the perfect tool for you. It is a system that involves a slide hammer uh, kind of mechanism to remove those uh, axle CV cups from the stuck location without having to damage your transmission or your differential. Highly recommend those guys. Allthingsutv.com, allthingsutv on Facebook and Instagram. Next on the list is Infinite Offroad. Infinite Offroad has been the longest sponsor of the TV, or of the podcast. They offer all listeners of the show 10% off with code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S, at checkout. And let me tell you guys, it's a really, really great setup uh, that they have over there. They're having a huge Black Friday sale. One of the best things about them is they have a 25-year you fix, or excuse me, not you fix it, they fix it. You break it warranty, even covering accidental damage. I really like that. Really like working with them because their customer service is real. It's legitimate. And you can get to them. Infiniteoffroad.com or Infinite Offroad on Facebook and Instagram. Also, shout out to Axial Racing. We've got some really great things coming down the pipeline for you, so I hope that you're ready to see those. Pick up a SEX 10.3 or Bomber at your local hobby store and join the fun today. Today on the show, we have Miles Hasselquist, the voice of Ultra 4. Uh, there was a slight technical issue in terms of some feedback, so we got that sorted out um, a couple minutes into the interview, which is really great. But I'll tell you guys this, it's really interesting hearing the voice of Ultra 4, seeing the person, and having a conversation with him. Uh, he's a very, very intentional guy, uh, very polite, just a really great guy to have a conversation with, and he's extremely knowledgeable. He does, his, he does his homework, and he is the top tier for off-road hosting of events, uh, and I'm excited to see and hear him as we hit 2021 King of the Hammers. So without further ado, the great and powerful Miles Hasselquist. 
Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Da, 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 da. Recording is started. Miles Hasselquist is in the studio. How are you, buddy? Oh, good, man. Thanks for having me on. This, uh, like I said, I've watched a, or listened to quite a few of your podcasts, and it's uh, you got a good thing going on. Thank you, so man. I appreciate time. that. Yeah. So, uh, funny thing, and you mentioned you get this all the time, but I we had a short little phone call earlier today, and I just I called you, and the next thing I know, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the voice. The voice is on the <laughs> other end of the phone. So it's really yeah, cool so- to see you and talk to you but it was really cool just to have like the one-on-one the first one that's like oh no this isn't coming through my tv <laughs> yeah yeah no so thank you uh but yeah i just i i'm just a fan of the sport or you know off-road in general also so yeah. uh thank you but i i enjoy talking to you i talk, enjoy talking to everybody and uh, it is kind of funny because off-road is a small niche world uh but we have a big a big you know a big following too so yeah you know, in my normal everyday job i'm just miles you know everything's cool but every once in a while in this world it's it's kind of cool to get the recognition i guess and and it's it's fun I, i'm just an average joe having uh, having a good time yeah so one of the things that i've gotten that, that really struck me weird was uh, i was at a race one time and i was actually uh, i was doing interviews but i was i was in the middle of talking to somebody and someone like casually was just standing off to the side and they're like, I, I could feel them sitting there looking at me and they're like, hey, racing on the rocks guy. And I'm like, oh, this is so weird. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do next. So uh, how do you handle when people come up to you like that? Because it's it's a new thing for me. Yeah. So, again, I'm still just an average Joe and yeah. at work, at home, at home. I'm just a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a buddy. Uh, but when I go to races or especially King of the Hammers, obviously mm-hmm. the people that are there aren't just there on accident. So yeah. they are either fans of Ultra 4 or or off-road in general. So uh, I, I do get the, hey, Miles, I'm like, and I meet a ton of people, thousands of people, you know, I interview with everybody and whatnot. Um, so every once in a while, I'm like, man, I'm sorry, I, I don't recognize you. Yeah. you know, what car do you drive? He's like, oh, no, I just watched you on the, on the live show. I was like, oh, cool, thanks. And, you know, yeah. handshake, yeah. high five, or, you know, all that good stuff. But yeah. it's still, every time it still catches me off guard because I just, I'm just a fanboy myself and enjoying the, the situation. Yeah. So yeah. let's start with that. Uh, one thing I want to bring up is the fact that you, you know, are in this really unique spot. And I want to know how it is where you've become, you know, the voice of Ultra Four. Yeah, so I mean, I'll just start rambling. Uh, yeah, so I've been it. an off, I've been an off road advocate forever. You know, I grew up. Uh, my my parents. I grew up in Paola, Kansas, small small town just outside of Kansas City. Uh, both my parents were, were hippies, so I grew up canoeing and hiking and all that stuff. And I just wanted a, a, a like a go kart or whatever, and I ended up getting a three wheeler. And you know wrecked it a hundred times lots yeah, of fun but, dangerous vehicle <laughs> yeah yeah hundred percent so yeah went from that then finally got a four-wheeler and then moved into i think i had a uh, a 78 chevrolet full-size truck i uh, had a, a couple samurais couple trackers and then the and then the utvs came out and got a razor and a lot of my buddies had rock crawlers and stuff but it was just out of my budget because sure. i could go and go get a, a loan on a razor and uh it was it was a blast uh so off-road forever um, a lot of my buddies had, had the, the buggies and XRA was a thing. And, uh, one of my buddies, Paul Beatty, 
what he, he lived in Kansas, moved to Alabama and he, I'd go to Alabama a lot and run around with, you know, everybody that was wheeling down there and he wanted to build a buggy to go race XRA. Well, another one of my buddies, Wyatt Pemberton, uh, he used to live in Pala also, and he moved to Texas and he was going to do the same thing. So Paul and I were going to, you know, go racing. First one was in Gray Rock, Alabama, and that would have been 08. And so we get there and he had the new car blues. We show up a couple days early, still trying to figure the buggy out. And we had a lot of fun. It was awesome. Uh, so we had issues and we realized that it was just out of our budget to do the racing thing. We're just low budget guys and whatever. Uh, my buddy Wyatt that lived in Texas uh, from Kansas. And then his co-driver was one of my best friends, Kelly Kaiser. So it all kind of ties in. So we were both there at the same event. That was Levi Shirley's first race. So we were, met them the first time, borrowed some fuses from them, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it kind of all, that's where it all started. And yeah. then yeah. after the first race, Paul and I just kind of threw in the towel, like didn't have the, the funds to keep going and, and whatnot. So he, he bailed off. But, but Wyatt's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the season, like keep coming to the races uh, and be pit crew. I was like, heck yeah. So. Kelly and I would leave from Pale and drive to the races wherever and be pit crew for uh, for Wyatt, Triple Nickel Racing. So we did that the whole season. And then uh, towards the end of, it was fall, uh, Wyatt calls me and I'm out on, the, on a date with, so yeah, that was my girlfriend, now wife, Bailey, and we're at Mongol Mongolian Barbecue in Kansas City eating dinner. And he calls me, he's like, hey, we're going racing in California in uh, in February. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, right. I've never been past Colorado, you know, California, no way. And they, you know, goes to tell me like, hey, we submitted this package and they they accepted us. So uh, we're going racing King of the Hammers, California. I was like, all right. So I I I uh, I've been working at AAA since '06. So I had a little bit of vacation. So I told Bale, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to use my, my one week of vacation going to California to go racing and whatever. So we do it. And that was, oh, that was oh, February 09. We do that. Awesome. Had a great time. You know, it, it, King of the Hammers has grown ridiculous big. Uh, mm -hmm. But 09, pretty small. Uh, I don't even remember how many racers there were. You know, I'm going to say there's five or 10,000 people max, probably 50 to 100 racers. I don't remember. Um, so we did that, didn't finish, but had a ball doing it. Uh, and then I pit crewed, let's see, 9, 10, 11 between uh, Wyatt Pemberton and uh, Matt Enix. He's a clown, but he's a good dude. Uh, he raced <laughs> TVs quite a bit, and Kelly co-drove for both of them. And I was always kind of pit crew. I uh, rode LCQ one race, but co-driving, it's fun, but it's not my style. I, I like driving. Uh, and or being a part of the team. So pit crew it was. So we're doing that 9, 10, 11. We made it all three years, had a blast. Uh, and then on Pirate, Dave Cole threw out, they're looking for a pit reporter. Well, I was on Pirate, but I wasn't active. I'd get on there every now and again and play. But Wyatt's got a heavy, uh, you know, he, he's really into the, the internet On at the time. He was really into Pirate. So was Kelly and all those guys. So he throws it out and Wyatt instantly like calls me. He's like, Hey, I'm putting your name in the hat to be a pit reporter. I'm like, ah, I mean, whatever. Okay. If you won, you got like a thousand bucks and, uh, and you're a pit reporter. So 
at the time it was Jim Holtis, Chad Raglan, Tim Lund, and 12 was the first year of the actual live show, which I didn't really realize it for the first few years that, that was the first year because Pirate did it the first years and that they did a great job for the technology they had. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, me and my buddy uh, Travis Allen, 42 Copperhead back in the day, not sure if you remember him, but he made a bunch of cool uh, YouTubes for uh, Razors and whatnot, the, the mm -hmm. P-Town crew. We were a bunch of jackasses that tore up our stuff, had a good time. <laughs> so <laughs> I got with him and we made a little video, which is terribly awesome, terrible, funny. Uh, and we submitted it. Well, funny thing, there's only three people that submitted videos, so we all won. So just dumb luck, I made it. So we go, and I'm just completely out of my elements. Like, I know King of the Hammers. I know who Dave is. I've you know hung out with the, the, the who's who and King of the Hammers. And so now I'm teamed up with Jim Holtis and, and Tim Lund and Chad Ragland, and we're doing – I went up to Chocolate Thunder at one point, did the pits a little bit. And it was it was awesome. I had fun. I got my check. So I basically got a free vacation. You know, I used vacation from work. So I got paid there and then it covered my travel, food, beer, fuel, all that stuff. And uh, that was awesome. So the next year, it's I'm going to say it's you know late summer, early fall. I have Dave's phone number. So I give him a holler. I was like, hey, man, I had fun. Can we do it again? He's like, absolutely. I was going to I was going to touch base with you. Will you please come back? Same thing, you know, so it basically covers my fuel. All right. And, you know, travel, whatnot. So sweet. Let's do it. Uh, so the same thing, you know, do it and have fun with it. And it's still in the heat of the moment. Your your brain's going one direction, your mouth's going the other. And you don't really it's hard for me to comprehend what's going on. So even after the races, I go home and rewatch them because I'll be saying something, thinking something else. And you just have to relive it. And uh, it's it's fun, but it's nerve wracking. It's awesome. It's cool. Uh, so the first few years, it was just a, a party. You know, we had a good time. We'd do the live show. Um, I'm sorry if I'm rambling too much. But, uh, no, not at all. You're doing you're doing exactly what I want you to do. So you're doing great. I'm, I'm used to talking all day. <laughs> uh, so so that was so yeah, that was what I just say. So that was 12, 13, I think 14. They actually called me late summer early fall and said hey would you please come back yep absolutely so just kind of run of the mill same thing doing the pit reporting i finally started moving from the pits to the, the main stage a little bit more um just being kind of the the, the sideshow guy helping out here and there watching the timing watching the the trackers and and putting my two cents in for sure uh doing the, the backdoor shootout that was a fun uh and when i was first doing it it was just cool but i also like I'm a, I'm a fan of Ultra 4, King of the Hammers. That was before Ultra 4. Uh, and uh, just a fan, so I got the coolest seat in the house. I'm up talking to the drivers. I'm right next to – I mean, if you I don't remember how long you've been following King of the Hammers, uh, but the backdoor shootout, I mean, that's that ledge right back there. And they those the rock bouncers, which mm -hmm. was east versus west, however you want to call it, they were just all over the throttle. I mean, nasty bouncing. And I'm sitting on this ledge like – I'm not in danger, but I'm ready to, to dive if I need to. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah, so I you had Ricky Berry on a, a few weeks ago, and he's one of my buddies that I ran, ran around with back in the day in Alabama. But me and him, he's taking pictures. I'm announcing, and we're both like, all right, you grab me. If you see something, I'll grab you. And we're, there, there's a hole right there. We're diving it. <laughs> uh, but So it was just fun. 
I, I thoroughly enjoy talking to people. That's I'm, I'm a personal person, obviously. Uh, so we just just have a good time with it, and uh, it just kind of kept going, kept going, and then finally, uh, one of the who was it? Stephanie Pratter. She she's behind the scenes that takes care of all of uh, of of the media and stuff. She just kind of makes sure everybody has what they need and when they want it. And uh, she finally got a hold of me and said, "Hey, you know, who's who books your tickets?" I'm like, "No, I, I drove my own car, fifteen hundred miles here this trip." Actually, she's like, "Oh no, that's you're on the main stage. You need to whatever." So she stuck up for me. And actually, then I started getting a day rate, and instead of getting a free vacation, I got paid. And hey. it was awesome to get paid to have fun, right? Yeah. So it was just, like I said, I still enjoy doing it. And it just progressed little by little. And every time I'd get done, I'm like, man, I hope I did. Good. I think I did. Okay, It was fun. And obviously just kept getting invited back. And uh, Dan Campbell's been the producer since 12. And me and him have became buddies. He's the, uh, the Australian that lives in Hawaii. <laughs> so I'm sure you've recognized him. He, he's, he's a good dude. He's funny. Uh, so we ended up and had fun. I've made a lot of friends with the camera guys because that's who I, you know, well, that's who I hang out with. Other And then at night I go to the campfires and go around with different teams, drink beer, run around, get my home. That's how I do my homework is grab a beer and go to the different campfires at King of Hammers or at these regional races, obviously, at their pits, too. Mm-hmm. So it just has progressed into, into that. And I think it was 16 or 17. Uh, I'm at home. It was my day off, and I, I look at my phone. I was like, oh, man, I got a missed phone call from Dave Cole, and it's middle of the season. I'm like, huh. So I couldn't call. I was like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, well, I got to work. He's like, well, we want you in, in Oklahoma. Like, could you announce this race? I'm like, oh, man, uh, let, me, uh, let me call my boss, see if I can get off. So I call my boss. He's like, oh, we'll make it work. And I called Dave back about an hour in between it. He's like, thank you for getting back with me. I already got something figured out. You're coming to uh, the next race was the stampede. He's like, you know, now you got plenty of time to uh, plan it. Let's make it happen. So that's I, I did the stampede in uh, Sacramento, California. That was my first regional race. I did that with who was that? I believe it was Scott Rain. You guys have seen him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just progressed. Then I did this. I got invited back and now I've made it. And uh, now I'm part of the team, which is just awesome because they have – it's amazing what they can pull off because you see like uh, all these, all these guys will do the, the Facebook live, right? Well, that's just on your cell phone. It's great. It's perfect. But these guys bring their own internet. They bring a generator. They do, do uh, like uh, Travis Walters, the guy that's behind all that. And he puts up these tower dishes, which I'm not a technical person, but he shoots the internet from here to there. And then to the take it live guys with the, uh, with the, it looks like a news van. And then there's the one that shoot it up to the internet. And it's, it's an amazing thing what they pull off on at some of these off-road races. Cause sometimes you're out in the middle of the desert. Sometimes you're out in the middle of the woods, you know, King Hammers is his own thing. There's, there's nothing out there. So it's pretty wild. I know I'm bouncing around a lot, but it's, it's impressive how they, they pull it all together. Uh, and then, yeah. So 17, 18, and then I think it was 18. They kind of laid off. Yeah. It was 18. They laid off a little bit just cause live show. It, it's a, it's a budget thing. It's, you know, it comes out of Dave's pocket, and I know he got a lot of flack for not doing the live show after everybody kind of got used to it. And I'm not gonna say they took it for granted, but if yeah, they took it for granted, and he just didn't didn't justify the numbers for the viewership for what it cost him, because you know, 
I don't know number numbers, but I think it's roughly 30 grand nowadays to pull off a live show compared to just a couple guys on the camera. Cause you know, I, they buy my plane ticket. They pay me a day rate. They buy my food hotel. Well, I'm just one of the guys. Usually there's one or two announcers. There's usually six to eight uh, camera guys. There are three or four core guys. I mean, there's, that's a 10, 10 plus group that pulls off these regional races. So like I said, I think it's like a thirty thousand dollar, you know, chunk to just put on a live show. Which, to me, that's—I I mean, I, I don't make—I I make more than that, but not a whole lot more, you know. So compared to just for one weekend, that's a—that's that's a big thing. So, uh, but Dave's really, really turned this thing into something pretty cool. And and along the way, I've I've met some heroes. Uh, now that like like I've announced with Ricky Johnson, I've announced with Cameron Steele, like. Those are legit, real famous racers. And now we, we don't text a lot, but I can text them. They'll text me back and ask some input or I'll see if it's their birthday or, you know, or, you know, just or good luck at the Baja 1000, have fun pre-run. You know, I've made friends with, with some of my heroes. You know, it's, it's, it's just a cool situation that, uh, that I've been dealt and I'm rolling with it. So I, I yeah, think so- I covered most of goals, but. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm going to do, actually, I'm getting just a little bit of feedback coming through your speakers when I talk. So whenever I chime in, I'm actually going to mute you. I don't know if you can see it on the screen, but I've got your little there's a little mute icon there. Um, but what I'm going to do is basically just do that. And, and I'll, I'll say something and give you the chance to respond and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but all of that extensive um, history of where you're at. I want to know something about the old days. If you could tell me if you could think of one moment or one particular race or what year may, may have been that really like when you think back of old school King of Hammers, uh, what do you think about? So I think it was 2012. My first year was up at chocolate thunder and I'm up on, the, it, it's changed tremendously. It used to be really tough. I'm not saying it's easy now, but there used to be a big boulder and it was kind of like the gatekeeper. And that's where I was standing on top of that gatekeeper and I'm announcing mm-hmm. And I've got a hard mic. And that's the year where I believe it was Tom Ways, Tony Pellegrino. There's a group of five or six of them where somebody stuck and they started going around me. So I'm kind of in between all of it. And uh, it was there was action everywhere. And it was absolutely amazing to be in the middle of it. And, you know, it was it was cool. And that's that's probably my first. Holy cow. What is going on? And then it kind of the dust settles. And it is it is Tom Ways. Uh, you know, Mr. Mustache, the man, you know, he's, he's, he's a cool dude. And he broke, he had a broken front drive shaft and I hopped in. So he's down working on the car and I've got the microphone. I can just crawl under the car and I'm interviewing him as he's work on it. And he's like, there's no outside help. I'm like, I'm not outside. I'm part of, I'm part of Hammer King. So I ended up grabbing a, uh, one of his drive shaft nuts and, and I'm holding it for him and he's got the wrench and he's going and he's like, Thanks. And how's this car? Man. So that's pretty amazing. First off, let me, let me say that. Uh, It's so funny how it's all changed over the years where, you know, you used to be right in the thick of the action and now you're, you know, at the main stage, you're doing it basically from a more remote perspective. Um, I will echo your praise of uh, the Hammer King production team. What an amazing job they did, especially at uh, Adventure Off-Road Park this year. I know that that's the park that's an hour from my house. So 
I know that when you're in those woods, I mean, you hardly have cell service. So the fact that they were able to get um, video feed out of those woods, I was like very, very, very impressed. So uh, hats off to those guys, like you mentioned earlier. But, you know, as you've moved to the main stage and things seem to have, you know, advanced on the technology side a little bit more where you don't necessarily have to be out in the canyons, um, does that is there a certain uh, nostalgia that you miss by having, you know, being able to be out there or required to be out there to get that kind of coverage? Or do you feel like it's a healthy balance now of being able to see more with all the technology? Oh, Miles, I think you froze on me a little bit here. So I, I, I'll give it to you. Go. It's a healthy balance. Uh, I I probably enjoy more being in the thick of it. Wait. You're good. good. Yep. Yep. You're good. We got you. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, so I definitely miss being in the action, but it, it's, it's a long day. Like uh, we just got done with the nationals just a, a few weeks ago and that was a race day. It was a 13 hour day. So, and it was, the weather was awful. It was cold. It was 37 degrees at seven o'clock when the green flag dropped. So I was in the, the Nitto lounge uh, hanging out and had the heater on, had a, the TV and yeah, there's cameras everywhere. The live drones are absolutely amazing now. Mm -hmm. uh, at King of the Hammers, the live helicopters are amazing. Um, but so, uh, so yes, I, I miss. So even at, at Nationals this year, like I, I was on my headset and I'd be calling the show and then I'd the camera would show whoever goes on the pits. Well, it's a uh, hundred yards. So mm -hmm. I throw my, my headset down. So now I've lost my communication. So I don't know who to throw to and whatnot. So I just say, I pulled Pam. She's been working with the last few races. She's, she's picking it up quick and having fun with it. I just say, uh, I'm going to do a 30 count and I'll be there and I'm just going to take the show over or, you know, whatever. Cause she can kind of see, but, um, so yeah, I just run, grab the, the mic, turn the mute off, haul, haul ass to the pits, run down there and catch whoever. And, and I, most, when I first started the, doing the pit reporting, I'm just, who's this guy, you know? Well, now I've, most of the racers uh, were either buddies or they at least recognize me. Mm -hmm. But now I kind of give, we can make eye contact and I can tell, like, if they just kind of give me the nod, you leave them alone. If they're all smiles, as I usually try to give them a thumbs up or whatever, if they're all smiles, I'll, I'll kind of start coming to them and they'll do the whole thing, like, or they'll lift their helmet up and be like, oh, we're having fun, you know? And, and I, can, I can read their face pretty well and then I just kind of walk, you know, I get a quick little bit with them if I can, but motors are running as hard as to hear. Um, but if I can get a quick little glance for them or at least a thumbs up and a smile, and some of them are just, they're just laser focused straight ahead. And then I just ignore them. I get it, do your thing. And I walk around the car. What are they looking at? And I just kind of, I just see, I tell you what I see. And, uh, and, or, and then hopefully they get out quick and then I grab whoever I can. I know a little bit of everybody and be like, so what was it? It seemed smooth. What are you hearing on the, on the radio as they're taking off? What did you hear when they're coming in? Um, so yeah. So to your question of do I, do I, would I rather be in the thick of it or, or in a little booth? I'm just going to answer with yes. Cause if you're out in the thick of it for 14 hours, it makes for a long day, which I will absolutely do it and drag ass the next few days, but there's a happy medium. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with you. And I think it's awesome that you're, you know, hustling out to the pits. That's really, really cool that you're still making the effort to do that. Um, one thing I did want to ask you is, as Ultra 4 has gained notoriety and become a more professional organization over the years, what are some things that you've done 
to make your reporting more professional. And I, I don't want to say less biased because there's not really a bias in, in the, the sport and like the way that it is, but or like it may be in like a news reporting scenario. But, you know, when you're going up, you know, you have this you just mentioned that you can read people's faces and there's a little bit of maturity and, you know, knowing to not talk to this person or this person's OK to talk to. But what are some things that you have done to make yourself more as a, as a more professional uh, reporter? Because that adds value to your position as well, uh, the more professional that you can be. Well, uh, thank you for calling me professional, because, again, I'm just a, a, an average Joe taking care, uh, you know, taking advantage of a cool situation. But it goes back to just practice makes perfect. Uh, I mean, I think I was filling out a, a deal the other day and I've done 12 regional races. I've done eight King of the Hammers. So, I mean, that's that's proof in the pudding there. That's just, you have to be there and do it. And you remember what does work, what doesn't work. And then it, it I, I've dreamt of what if I could be a full-time announcer? Would that be cool? Absolutely. But it's also extremely nerve wracking. And one of the reasons I feel like I am as good as I am at Ultra Four is I've been doing it for 10, well, so since nine, so 11, this will be my 12th year, I believe, going to King of the Hammers and the regional races that you just learn, you you learn people, you talk to people, you make relationships. Um, so calling the race, I do have individual friends that I'm legitimate buddies with compared to acquaintances of racers. And I, 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 I'm thoughtful of that, that I can root on my best friend that's racing just as well as a guy that I barely know, it's racing. Whatever number you are, I'm, there's a lot of information. I do a lot. I do a lot of homework on social media. I get on the Ultra Four website. I, I go to. I'll stalk the racers. Uh, I go through my old notes, and then uh, like Alan Johnson this year, he's been huge at helping me. That uh, we'll print off some talking points. We will uh, have a little powwow and, and read those out. So I is obviously filling dead air for 12, 13 hours. And, I apologize that I repeat the same thing a hundred thousand times, but you would too. Um, but it just kind of homework uh, I, and, and practice makes perfect. I, I can't really. And then just every race I get nervous a little bit and I hope I did good. And I get home like it good enough. I, I and I, I, I don't have an answer for that other than I don't think it's luck. I think it's just putting my time in and, and, and doing it and having fun with it. Absolutely. I'd have to I'd have to agree with you there. Um, one thing that I can tell you is if I was a sponsor of Ultra Four and, and I've echoed this to other uh, recent race uh, promotions that I've had and talked to on the show. If there's anyone that you would want to sponsor, it would be Ultra Four for a number of reasons. But one of those main reasons is that when I'm watching your live feed, you do such a good job of making sure those who are supporting you guys are, are, are being heard. And I, you know, your I think your tagline is support those who support the sport. And, you know, you'll say it again, but it's one of those things you really drive at home because uh, I can tell you who, who sponsored the starting gate. I could tell you at Oklahoma who sponsored the short course section, the woods, all of it. I could, I can do all of those things because you do such a good job of, you know, constantly keeping their name, you know, in the in the listener's ear. And and I, I get that, you know, that's part of the job. But at the same token, people have to realize when you can provide that much value to a to a company and say, hey, when they are done watching this race, I know they're going to know that you that you sponsored it. I think that that's one of the most valuable things. I mentioned that to 
the East Coast uh, live hosts that do it right now. I was like, hey, you guys gotta gotta start pumping these up because you know, if just comparing apples to apples, I'm like, I couldn't tell you who promotes this race league, but I can tell you right now, I know who promotes King of Hammers and King, or excuse me, King of the Hammers and every single Ultra Four race. Yeah, and that just goes back to homework. Uh, I've got a sponsor list, and uh, when I'm at work at my day job, I work for AAA. And uh, when I'm at my day job, I, I in between calls, I'll sit down and, and scroll the social media and, and check on racers. But uh, I've got a, a sponsor list and I keep in contact right now. It's Scott Hartman, Alan Johnson. They're kind of my go to's on on that. And and then when we get the race, I say, all right, you know, who, who paid more money? We got a, a tier list of, you know, these five, six, eight sponsors are tier one. Then we got tier two, tier three. And I, uh, you know, get chatter through my PCI race radio. You know, you, I just. Uh, you know, exactly. please support who supports the sport, like you said. Uh, that's how I've kept my job, I feel, because I, I do a good enough job with that. And that's who pays the bills at the end of the day is the sponsors. And why would they put money into it if they're not going to get anything out of it? So I, I'm i very cognitive of, of that. And then I'm even – it changes because drivers change and stuff. But, you know, I know who the Nitto drivers are. I know who the King Shocks drivers are. Um, you know, MBRP exhaust, you can hear them going down the straight, you know, so I, I just do homework on that. And Lord Healy's, I'm going to, I'm going to brag on him because he's our, our golden child of who's on the side of his car, all our major sponsors. I mean, he's, he started out, you know, he had a good job in the oil field and, uh, he won, what was yours? I think it was 10. And I'm like, who did, who won? They're like, Lord, he was like, Never heard of him. Know. <laughs> you know, he's made it so far, and and it's because he he, you know, the the return on investment. You know, he gives the, his sponsors. You follow social media. Him and Vaughn Gittin Jr. with Team Funhaver have have a cool thing going. But they are constantly uh, making videos, doing the 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 jumping over the car while he's drifting. And and all the sponsors, that's that's how you get the sponsors. You can't just say, hey, I'm a racer. Give me money. That's not how it works. And sometimes the most expensive thing to do is free parts. I've heard people, I'm, you know, I'm I used to race UTVs and I loved it. And it was fun. And I, I, I was a good driver, but it, it was out of my budget. So I had to drop out. Um, but sponsorships, a, a, a funny thing. Uh, it's it's tricky and you need to. If you're gonna go for the big money, you have to you have to show them why you want to be there. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's so funny uh, the Lauren Healy episode actually premiered yesterday. So uh, for those listening in time, it will have released that way. Um, and he he brought that up. We talked about the fact that free parts have costed him some races. And we've also we also talked about the fact that you know he got his uh, his Jimmy's car. He bought it back from someone loaded it up, put it in uh, the trailer and went to King of Hammers and just smashed it from there. So I really think that listening to him and talk about the whole sponsorship side of things, uh, it is a, a conversation that a racer who's looking to do this and be, and do it successfully, you can't afford to miss that conversation for sure. Um, but one more thing I wanted to mention before we get too far away from it, you talked a little bit about social media and uh, I'll lump myself in here um, very vaguely, uh, but as media, we are the voices and the characters that get put in the forefront of the organization. Now, what is tied into that is uh, obviously the, um, you know, 
the responsibility, the professionalism that you have to carry yourself with. But on top of that, uh, we mentioned about going back and looking at things on our phone call earlier about how, you know, social media has generated a situation where, you know, you can essentially go back and watch the races, but also you can go back and get all the criticism or helpful or non-helpful things. And I want to ask you as, you know, the voice of ultra four, uh, how do you handle social media? Because there's a lot of racers out there that may have a poor performance or, you know, a big race that doesn't go their way. And uh, they have to deal with a lot of what you and I discussed earlier. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously social media is awesome. Social media is terrible. Uh, so again, back to my homework, uh, I'm friends with most of the racers, uh, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, and, and likewise, obviously. So that's how I do my homework. And then when, when they are doing, if they do have a bad race or whatever, that's that you have to play your cool and, and play your cards. Um, but yeah, that's just part of the game. And and be and, and Ultra Four King Hammer social media, uh, they do an amazing job with it. But I mean, you don't want to step on toes. There's, it's a big deal. You can you can you can have some bad stuff. You can have some great stuff. But you have to you have to pay attention to what you post. And and I I I'm a I'm a clown every once in a while. And and have fun with it, but, but at the races, I try to be as professional as I can. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, social media is a big deal. That goes out to, I think, what's King of the Hammers Facebook has two hundred fifty thousand uh, followers. Uh, at King of the Hammers, there's uh, over a million individual unique views at Week of King of the Hammers. Like that, that that's a big, big, big reach. So yeah, it, go, it goes a long ways. Um, it's it's cool. It's crazy, and uh, it, you have to have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll kind of move on from all that stuff. And, and I want to talk more about uh, yourself and your experiences. Um, so this year we went to a couple of different locations. I feel like that we don't normally go to, obviously, Oklahoma for the finals instead of Reno, area BFE. We hadn't, you know, the Ultra Four hadn't been there in a long time. Uh, where is your, couple questions here, where is your favorite place to go? If you could race at any place, where would it be? And is there any difference in commentating between all of the different venues? So, yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> King of the Hammers, uh, I would, I would absolutely love, I, I would love to get in a race car at some point. Uh, but during the race, they, they kind of need me. I, I don't know. But one of my, I'll just throw it out there. One of my dreams is either in a, a UTV or a car is to maybe run a qualifier in somebody's car if they'd let me and, and just, just have fun with it and see where I'd land with them and, yeah. or do the first desert loop and then hopefully do okay, not wreck or break the car and then hop out in the pits and, and go with it. So like driving, racing, King of Hammers, I've never done it. I would love to. Um, and then my favorite race track. So for, for the fans, for the viewing, it's probably going to be Reno, where we normally have the Nationals. But, man, I don't think I've had a place I didn't like. I mean, we've been to Pennsylvania. Uh, we just went – or my first time to AOP by you, was that's a cool place. I, I, I took a ride with uh, Bailey Cole and a, and a Can-Am and rode the whole course, and that's a cool place. Uh, I'd, I'd only barely been to Moab one time in a Jeep and didn't have, didn't have enough time to see much of it, so – uh, Levi Shirley took me for a spin in his UTV and Moab's just Moab. I mean, it's bucket list stuff. So Moab's cool. Where else? Man, we've, I've been lucky enough to travel the nation 
and uh, and do a lot of stuff. And and they they raced down in Mexico uh, two years ago, and I uh, wasn't able to go to that one. But we were supposed to go this year. COVID didn't. Next year it's on the list. I I sure hope to go. Uh, last year with uh, Gerald Lee with Savvy, he took me on the Nora 500, and I got to drive and co-drive in the savvy safari class. So it wasn't a race car. We were in a, uh, a fairly stock, uh, ranger and, uh, I got to drive the coast. We'd stop at the taco joints like Mexico. That is amazing down there. Yeah. Uh, but back to favorite. Race yeah. Track. yeah it, it, all of them. I, I, if I'm at a race, I'm having fun. That's a good mentality to have. I, uh, I can respect that for sure. Now, as we're moving out of the craziness of this year, uh, I want to ask you, is there any takeaways that you personally, I mean, the craziness of the pandemic, things like that, are there any takeaways from the 2020 season uh, or is it just something that you're hoping to forget? Um, I was definitely, the whole world was in a mess there at the beginning of the year. So I was just glad to finally get back to racing. And then we were successful. You know, we raced, uh, what was it? Uh, Tennessee, Moab, Oklahoma. So, uh, it sucked missing half the season, but hey, we we raced. A lot of people couldn't, and now it's definitely not normal by no means. But it's getting better, and I just hope it just keeps getting better and better. And uh, uh, for twenty twenty one King of Hammers at the Driver Summit, Dave Cole is very very adamant that he's got three 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 to four plans on what tier uh, the BLM or the government, you know, however that works, what level of COVID they are calling it. They've got different different strategies to make it and he's very confident it's going to happen and boy I, I sure hope so yeah that was something i spoke to lauren about that uh was interesting i hadn't really thought too much about uh lauren was was he was like i don't know if it's going to happen in february uh and i i again hadn't put that much thought into it because again i'll, I'll echo myself here it's outside you know it's sunlight all those things we've seen you know the reports all that stuff but anyways i understand uh, that there is always a chance of things going not how you expect, but King of Ham King of the Hammers 2021. Uh, very excited about that. Is there anything in particular about that race that you're excited about? Uh, I mean, it's a week long. They added a bunch of desert races this year. They just uh, released just uh, uh, recently the new schedule, and uh, let's see, it's UTVs on Thursday. Yes. Uh, every man challenge yes. all three classes on Friday and our 4,400 race is on Saturday, which is different. So the UTV guys are stoked to get more of the highlights. And then we added a bunch of desert stuff. Uh, Saturday, Sunday is, is the T1 trucks. Um, and then the class 11s, they got spec trucks. Like there's, there's some, this can be a pretty wild weekend. And then we still have the, the shootout Monday night. There's qualifying Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and then it's, I mean, there's, it, I'll be busy all week long. Um, and they, they have enough, uh, you know, hosts that will come in. I mean, uh, uh, I was named dropping early, Ian Johnson, uh, he'll be there. My, uh, and I'm Jim Marsden. He's, I feel like we're fairly equals. I'm lucky enough to be in the States. He's over the pond. Uh, but I feel like me and him are, I, I hope I'm as good as him, uh, because he, he's a great, great announcer. And me and him are buddies. Like when we work together, that's the most fun I've ever had. Uh, again, working with some of these famous talents like Ian Johnson, Cameron Steele, Ricky Johnson. How cool is that? But me and Jim, we we click. Uh, 
the- I, I personally, I really enjoy listening to you two because, uh, you know, you'll call it, you know, uh, decals or a car set up or designed this way. And then he'll throw in a word like, like, uh, I think he calls it like a livery. And it's like, that's not what it's called. <laughs> and every single time that, that I, I listen, it's always fun because it kind of like takes you out of the moment for a second and kind of gives you that little bit of fun to it. Oh yeah, and we uh, we'll poke each other without you guys knowing it too. Like it's we we, we rib each other. We have a lot of fun with it. it. Like you're saying, you know, he'll say the bonnet. Well, that's a hood. Uh, the spanner. Well, that's the wrench. Oh, I guess we never even covered that. So the wrench, Mike. Uh, we we had talked about that earlier. I forgot to cover that earlier, so we'll run through it. Let's see what year would that have been. So I'm gonna say 14 or 15 or something. Uh, I was in the pits, and they had a. Uh, a lav, which is like you see the newscasters, that's that little microphone they'll clip on your shirt here, and it was wireless, and that was kind of the new technology. And they're like, well, how can we turn this into a microphone? And uh, we found a wrench, picked it up, and I'm hardwired. It runs through my shirt, down my shirt, and through a belt pack, and that's it. And uh, at first, I was like, this is so stupid, but it was fun. And it worked and then it stuck. And then it's like, well, now it can't not do it. So mm-hmm. um, we've done it every year. And uh, Travis, I talked to him earlier, he's the, the tech guy behind it. He, he always says, next year it's going to be a Dana 60 penny. And I'm like, nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so now we have the, the Boxo Tools wrench yeah. and uh, yeah. the, the pits. That's probably where I have the most fun is, is running around the pits and, and, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but I, I give it my all. I hustle. I get in there. I, I dive under the car, over the car, throw the, the mic through the window net, and every once in a while, tink the A-pillar a or something in it. You know, uh, yeah, the, the, the wrench mics, it, it's it's my deal, and it's cool that how much it gets brought up, and uh, it's fun. Got to yeah, I would have to agree with you. I, the first time I watched King King of the Hammers, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was one of those like, why is this guy talking into a wrench? And then you kind of like you start you start looking harder and you can see the you know, it's all uh, it's a microphone. You're like, oh, OK, it must be this thing. So uh, it's cool. And I, I like it. And it makes it's um, it's another one of those little like hidden gem things about King of the Hammers. But also it's your thing, which is the best part of all of it. So. Uh, I'm excited. I know that 2021 is going to be a great year. I'm hopeful that King of the Hammers will be uh, on par in February. My plan is actually to be at King of the Hammers 2022. Uh, I got a little boy coming in uh, February of next year, so I'm very excited about that. But uh, what do you think the future of Ultra 4 looks like? Because we are at a launching point, and I want to get your opinion. So, I mean, Ultra 4 has completely blown up and it used to be the average Joe raced and, and everything's good. I mean, that's where Lauren Healy started. Um, and now it's turned into a money game. Uh, you can't race unless you have, you know, a quarter million dollar car. You can race. You can't be competitive. Uh, so it is gone. For, and that's why the every man challenge classes, uh, the 46 stock class, 45, you know, modified and the 4,800 legends, the old retired cars. That's why those classes got invented because, you need an avenue for the average Joe to be able to race because the 4,400 class is, I mean, it's, it's a, a, a real class and it's, it's a, it's a money game now. Now don't get me wrong. You still have to be able to work on the car. You still have to be able to drive the car, but, uh, and that's obvious. Uh, the drivers we have are amazing. I mean, all, I mean, Shannon Campbell, Jason Shear, all everybody's won this. I mean, uh, 
it's, it's absolutely amazing what these guys can make these cars do. And if you see most of the super successful racers are builders and drivers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that's something it, it's hard for the, let's, for instance, Robbie Gordon, he came in and raced with us, didn't do well. Uh, you can't just fly in, hop in a car and compete at some of the levels of, of our drivers. Now you can come and try, have fun, but it's going to be hard. Uh, Rob McEachern's raced with us a lot, had success, um, but it's it's a different ball game. These guys are, you know, the desert guys. I'm, I love having the crossover drivers come over. Uh, I, I talked to Pastrana at uh, – at Crandon this year. Oh, how did I forget about that? Crandon, that place. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go there. Awesome. Uh, but I bumped into him and said, "Hey, you come to the King of the Hammers? Like it's on my it's on my radar. We just got to get something figured out." Uh, I that guy can drive anything. Uh, but like Rob McCachron, he's raced with us a bunch. Uh, it, it, it's cool to have all these big names want to come to King of the Hammers. Uh, so Dave's built an amazing thing. He's building. He's you know now he's got. We have Ryan Thomas as our new president. Uh, he's putting the people in the right places. Uh, Dave's got uh, big ideas and, and he makes it happen. Uh, I think he was talking about electric vehicles. I think we're years and years off from that, but they're going to, there, there's going to be a class for them. Um, I don't know. I, I hope it's the high horsepower, high stuff for a long time, but mm -hmm. electric's going to throw, uh, throw some loops out there. I don't know. It's going to take a while for it to get there. But the, the the future of Vulture Force Bright, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, and I think it is it is interesting. Uh, like the Nikola cars, the UTVs that have come out, they're I mean MSRP is like I think like sixty grand or eighty grand at the top of, at the highest base level. But yeah, those cars can scoot. That's the difference. Is uh, they're they're incredibly incredibly fast, and 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 some of that engineering once it gets refined down just a little bit, and they peel off some of the creature comforts in there, maybe it'll be uh, you know something that's that's doable but yeah in the utv class we've got you know the rumored polaris car coming out that's that's got a bajillion horsepower can-am's doing incredible right now uh speed utv is supposed to be you know hell on wheels it's kind of one of those things so uh it's really exciting in the 4900 class but i wanted to ask you for king of the hammers in particular we're gonna go uh we're gonna do the 4900 and the 4400 uh who is going who's your pick for the 4900 king of the hammers champion 2021 i hate getting thrown on the spot like that but <laughs> um so anybody that's won this race can win this race again uh could a new guy win it absolutely uh but boy the the millers uh cody and uh and hunter miller they they brought uh they brought their a game for sure um it was fun to, to have the Greaves out here the last few years. I believe it was two years ago they were on the podium. Um, eat both Guthrie's. You can't read. You can't knock any one of those out. Um, so, man, there's just so many crossover drivers too. Because some of some of the 4400 drivers use the UTV as their pre-run, and then they do really good. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> that's going to be affected with. Because uh, I talked to Lauren about it yesterday, and he's got some different plans in mind for the 4900. But with 4900 UTV class being on Thursday rather than you know uh, the the weekend ahead of time, there's a lot of there's a condensed time schedule. Do you think that we'll still see 4400 guys really try to make that work? Absolutely, uh, and I think it's going to be even more of an advantage to the 4400 guys because 
Uh, if you race the the UTV class last year, it was Sunday, so that was six days of the trail getting beat up and changed and rocks moving. Well, now and then pre-running and all that stuff. Well, now the race course is basically going to be closed Tuesday night, and it's racing Wednesday, Thursday. Sorry, it'll be closed Wednesday night. It'll be racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So on Thursday, will the course change from Thursday to Saturday? Yes. Will it change a, a dramatic amount? No. I mean, there will be definitely rocks that will be get, getting thrown around, but I think it's, it's a huge advantage if you can race a UTV on uh, Thursday, take Friday to regroup, double check, you know, rest, you know, because mind, body, and soul is a, a big part of this thing. It's just not the machine. I mean, it's the, the winners are coming in eight, ten hours of just uh, of a car wreck. So you need Thursday to kind of regroup. Um, or sorry, they, they, they changed the schedule on me, messed me up. Uh, so if you race Thursday, take Friday off and, and race Saturday, I think it's a huge advantage. Okay, so with that, let me hear, if you want to give me like a top three for 4,400, what do you got? Well, Paul Horschel has not won this thing yet, and uh, he's probably my, as of right now, my favorite builder. Uh, and that's just because he's new. Uh, I mean, the Jimmy's cars are great. Uh, Randy Slauson builds the Bombers amazing. Uh, the you know Hall of Famer Shan Campbell, you can't count him out or his machines. Waylands came to his own. Um I wish Bailey Campbell was racing because this last year when she was winning, like I said, I can't have a favorite at the end of the heat of the moment, but you should have, I was, I was in the production trailer, uh, taking a break, catching up with the race. Cause when I'm in the pits, I can't see the race. I don't know what's going on. So I go to the pits, run around, go back to production, but she's winning this race. And when, she, when she pulled over and, and, uh, whoever was announcing and started speculating what happened, you should have heard there was, 10 or 15 people are just, ah, I wish Bailey was racing because to have a queen in the hammers, how cool would that be? And that would just be great for us, be great for her, be great yeah. for the sport. Um, but so she's not racing because she's having a, a little girl. So she's out. Ryan Miller will be driving. Did he win? Sure. Um, Shannon Campbell's complaining about his eyesight. He can, He's still a competitor. Um, boy, Lauren Healy, if he hasn't. That, that, that's where it goes. This we have so many guys that are so good that it comes down to luck. You have to have a perfect day. You have to have every nut and bolt, training motor. You just can't have an issue. So any current king, I, I just can't throw that out there. Uh, I mean, the Campbells, uh, Lauren Healy, Eric Miller, Josh Blyler. You can't. Oh, those Miller cars. So it used to be up until this year, they everybody was kind of talking smack on the on the straight axles of, you know, they just can't hang with the, the IFS cars. And then they they came in first and second place at King of the Hammers, first and second place in the national champion. Even though the, the season did get goofy, but um, man, I can't do a top three. Let's let's see. Um, Give me five. Like said, yeah. So. Let me throw it out there. Any current, any previous king can win for sure. Who has not win that could win? Uh, I could see a Gomez. I could see a Paul Horschel. Um, man, I'm, I'm in my head driving around the pits. Um, <laughs> I mean, Bailey Bailey Coles, he's coming to his own. Uh, I mean, he's he's earned his way. A lot of people kind of be like, oh, well, it's because his dad owns a series. 
you you haven't seen it. He started in a in stock class. He raced uh, the Legends car for a long time, and this is only his what second season in a in a real car. Mm -hmm. And he's 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 finished a lot of races. So um, let's see, man, another Cody Addington. I'm a, I'm a fanboy of his because he started it in that black Twitter. Remember that? And now he's got the red dragon, the Lauren Healy. Like, yeah. if he has a perfect day, he, he can drive. And I and I'm, I try not to pick favorites, so I'm not trying to, like, say if I don't – if I forget your name, it is what it is. But that's about where I'll leave it. And I know I'm leave, leaving out a lot of heavy hitters uh, that I'm just uh, foggy right now. But. No, that's okay. And I'll put you on the spot, too. Everybody else that's listening – you know, don't take it personally. I, I didn't preface that question for him. And uh, I, I love popping that question on everybody. I try to make everyone pick a favorite and, it, you know, it, it's always a good time. So uh, I'll tell you, though, Miles, um, that's pretty much it I had on my topics to cover. The last real question I have for you is as we look to the next year and we kind of close this one out, what's got you most excited? What are you looking forward to? Is there anything big coming up that you're really just biting at the uh, biting at the bit for? Well, let me let me start out with uh, I'm going to say it. So I've worked for uh, I'm going to kind of backtrack you a minute. Sorry, I've uh, I've worked for uh, for AAA for 14 plus years, and just uh, a week ago they are going to close our whole fleet. So I've got a little bit of anxiety on my end. I've I know a lot of you have seen it. Um, what am I going to do when I grow up? Uh, Dave has extended his offer. He'll help me in any way he can, but there's a lot of, a lot of anxiety and just having that as your main gig. Uh, mm -hmm. I've got a lot of feelers out there, but I'm, I'm looking for a job. Uh, so that's, I hope I can land something to give me the flexibility to still do the announcing. Cause I love it. Do I get paid? Yes. Does it pay my bills? Absolutely not. Could it in the future? We don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that's the one thing that's on the horizon of what uh, what what am I excited about? Uh, figuring out what I'm going to do when I grow up. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that's just a little teaser because I want to. I know a lot of people listen to this, and if anybody has anything that you think I'd be a good fit for, hit me up. Um, and then I'm just ready for this COVID shit to go away. Uh, I want to get back to some. I don't. I'm not saying it's going to go away, but I want it to. I want to get back to a normal, like I, I miss uh, there, you know, everybody's got their own view on it. I, I stay, try to, even in politics, I, I, I'm not a political person, but I try to stay neutral. I see both sides, some sides are worse than others. Um, and then the COVID, the same thing. I try to be neutral. How bad is it? It's not good. I don't think it's as bad as some people say. And I just want it to get to like, Hey, let's just all, all kind of, let's, let's try to figure it out. Let's get together. And in 2021, let's make it a big year, whether it's King of the Hammers, whether it's you, you, you going to see your family and, and doing stuff on vacation. And let's let's get this behind us and open things up and uh, and then have fun. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it's we got an interesting road on all that, stuff, uh, to say the least. So um, I'm hopeful that everything will keep going. Uh in the direction that's going in terms of it seems like everybody is kind of opening up and everything's kind of calming down a little bit more. I mentioned actually last week or last uh, interview with Lauren, the, the vaccine has been announced magically. Uh, and now here we are to where, yeah, right. Uh, now here we are to uh, the near future. So we're excited. I'm hopeful. Um, but where can people follow you on social media and stuff like that to stay up to date with what you're doing? 
so I'm I'm not a, a Facebook expert, but uh, so Miles has with on Facebook, but I'm about to max out my friend list. So I think you can follow me on there. I don't know how that works, but uh, or you can go, my, you know, for racer stuff. Obviously, Facebook's fine, but I try to do my Instagram for uh, Miles underscore or how's that work? Miles underscore KOH. I believe I guess I need to look at that. But, um, yeah, so Instagram Miles KOH is and then it when I post on that, it goes to Facebook also. But uh, yeah, follow me and, and check it out. And I, I try to have fun with it. I try to do a lot of behind the scenes stuff during the races. Uh, and then when I get home, you know, I'll do a, a, a picture blast and and. And sometimes I'll do some little drop hints on, you know, I, I get a lot of, I get a lot of privy information and some people say, Hey, this between me and you, this doesn't go after the world. I respect <laughs> that. Or like, hey, I'm going to take a quick pick and I post this not till tomorrow. Okay, perfect. So, um, being the hammers, I'm obviously close with those guys. Uh, so we can you know, check it out. Yeah. And I, I agree. I get some of those every once in a while. I'm like, Oh man, uh, just let me, let me get this out. Let me, let me, let me slide some stuff out there. And that's something I tell people all the time. I'm like, uh, if there's any secret doing that I have, first off, I'm not the world's greatest secret keeper. Uh, so it's probably leaking out somewhere slowly. And all you have to do is read between the lines. I've told people many times, just look at the signs and you'll know everything that we're doing and everything we have in the works. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. But uh, that's pretty much all I had for you. Uh, do you have any like last comments or anything before we close it out? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, first off, Jesse, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, you, you have a good thing going. It's it's fun. That, that's a, this is another avenue for me to help do my homework. Uh, again, I do it through podcasts. I do it through walking through the pits. I do it through social media. Uh, you got a good thing. Thank you. And uh I'm just excited to get uh, the, the the 2021 King of the Hammers kicked off, and there's some there's still some more exciting news that I've heard about. Um, so keep up, King of the Hammers Ultra Four. Uh, there's still some big uh, big news coming down the pipe that is not official, and I hope I hope it all lands the way I've heard it's going to. Uh, 2021 could be huge. Well, I'm excited myself. I'll be looking forward to it. Uh, and with that, if you'll stay on the line for me, we'll close it out here. Thank you, Miles, for your time. And thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Have a good rest. If you're familiar at all with the podcast, you know that I've run the Super Grip ATV K9 tires for some time now. I run them in the standard compound with the Kevlar reinforced sidewalls. It's been an extremely tough tire for my vehicle. Uh, on top of that, I ran them out this weekend. And I just really kind of wanted to put a beating on them and, and see what I could find. And uh, let me tell you guys, don't run them at 20 PSI. That's where I started just to, you know, get an idea if someone overinflates them to see, you know, how they perform. It's not the right way to do it for sure. I got them down to about six or eight PSI somewhere in that ballpark. And they really started hooking for me. Even where people say that they haven't been very successful with them. Uh, mud, loose, uh, like loose, slick rock. I was all over it. Had no issues once I aired down the six and eight PSI right around there somewhere. It was really great. I'm really impressed with the performance of those tires. Uh, and when I say performance, I mean, it's a combination of, you know, the things that they can climb, the terrain that they can get you through. Uh, they're really well balanced in my opinion, but more than anything, that is an extremely tough tire. So I highly recommend if you have the extra change and you're looking to get some K9s, upgrade to Kevlar, you will not be sorry. 
supergripatv.com and supergripatv on Facebook and Instagram. Next on the show is Dinojet Research Inc. Uh, I was talking to James today, and he uh, he goes pretty extensively over one of the few things that he would really keep in transferring over to the car, or something that he already has figured out for his new vehicle is the Dinojet uh, tune, uh, the clutching, the belt system, the entire the entire setup. He's really confident in how it performs. Dinojet offers a Power Vision 3 tuner, which can hold multiple tunes at one time, even letting you write your own customizable tune. And let me tell you, that's pretty cool from someone who's a software guy. If you don't want to get that nitty-gritty, they come preloaded with some excellent tunes. I run the stock tune that comes on the Power Visions from Dinojet for the stock exhaust as well. I really think it woke up the low end of my machine. I was very, very pleased with it. They've also been very kind to me in uh, getting me a clutch setup and all that other kind of stuff so that I can tell you guys and confidently say that I recommend the Dynojet Research Inc. Stage 2 Power Kit. Uh, it's what I run on my car. I'm very, very glad to have them on board. Dynojet Research Inc. Uh, and Dynojet.com. You can find all the information there or reach out to your local retailer. Third on the list is iRate 4x4. iRate 4x4 is the new revolution in terms of information gathering for your UTV or full-size rig. Uh, if you're looking for, I, I had a student from MTSU this week, uh, which is Middle Tennessee State University, the local college of my town. He reached out to me and you know he, he had some design questions and things like that. I mean, when I say design questions, he just kind of let me know what they were doing and, and it was, you know, just kind of Ask me for my thoughts. I am going to redirect him to iRate 4x4 because there's so many guys out there that have fabrication skills uh, far beyond my need that have posted how-to threads, build threads, and even just general discussion topics or topics where people have asked questions. iRate4x4.com is a no BS place to go get the answers that you need make new friends, and also stay up to date with industry-late topics. I highly, highly recommend you guys go there because I really trust the team that's doing the moderation there. They've been really great to me uh, in communication, and everything's been really straightforward. So as far as moderation goes, this is going to be a place where you can share your ideas, not be censored, and get all of the correct information that you need. That is I-R-A-T-E-4-X-4.com irate 4x4 on Instagram and Facebook. When you start your build thread, let them know you found out from Racing on the Rocks. Another sponsor on our list is All Things UTV. Guys, there's one product from, or there's really two that I really, really, really recommend, but there's one product that is a must-have on your vehicle, and that is the Razor Aid Inner Fender Liners. So if you're on any Can-Am or Polaris machine, the stock firewall or the stock, you know, plastics that are underneath your feet in the floorboard, that's all you have, uh, especially in the wheel well of your vehicle. And All Things UTV and, and the Razorade department of All Things UTV, they make an excellent upgrade for that piece of the machine. What it is, it is a form-fitted, custom-made, fully engineered, uh, piece of steel that just bolts right up onto your firewall, the floorboard there, and it makes it a much more durable, safer environment for your passengers and yourself. I would not be going as fast as I am through the woods sometimes without having the peace of mind knowing that if a stick comes through, it won't. 
it's not going to come through. The steel inner fender liners are gonna be able to protect me. Those come in powder coating options of a variety of colors, and it's one of the most important upgrades that you can have. All Things UTV Razor Aid Inner Fender Liners. You can find those guys on allthingsutv.com and All Things UTV with a Z, All Things UTV on Instagram and Facebook. Let's see. Next is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. So this was the first weekend I really got a chance to get out and get on my shocks that we're, we're working on doing. Uh, let me tell you guys, he's got a package that is pretty pretty much there. Uh, there's a little bit of fine tuning that Chris wants to do because he is a perfectionist. I cannot tell you guys the level of communication, turnaround, specification, everything that Chris has asked me to do, I've done for him, and he delivered almost right out of the gate. I think we're I think we're due for one more tuning session to really get it perfect for you guys, you know. But his first stab at my setup was really really great. And the feedback that I'm going to give him is just going to help his commercial package be that much better. So I'm very, very excited to, to tell you guys when Chris at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is going to go live with those Razor uh, spring packages and, and you know valving packages. It's going to be great. Chris is going to be someone who can get you everything you need from rebuild, custom valving, to custom spring rates as well. He is the best in the business. Now, quick little small plug for all things UTV. I'm running their Cloud 9 kit right now paired with Chris's valving, and I think it's really, really great. Check out the Tender Spring upgrade and the Cloud 9 kit from all things UTV. It's a wonderful pairing with what Chris is doing. Uh, Chris is called Wizzo because he's the wizard, man. He makes those shocks do things that are magic. So Diddy's Big Block Race Shop for all of your needs in terms of shock tuning, shock servicing, and he'll be releasing his Razor-specific shock valving packages very soon. Very glad to have him on board. That is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Facebook and Instagram. Last but not least, the longest sponsor of the show and one of the most dedicated sponsors of this show, Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road has two things for the listeners of this show. They offer a 25-year you-break-it-they-fix-it warranty, uh, even covering accidental damage. It's pretty much no questions asked, and whatever happened, happened, and they'll just send you some new parts. It's really amazing. I am, uh, I don't know, I, we're, me and Mike are friends. I mean, to, to call it what it is, it's nice because he's such a good guy that, that I've seen so many other people say you know, say things about him that echo the way I feel. It just is really great, whether it's customer service, shipping time, you know, communication, whatever it is, infiniteoffroad.com is the place to get all of your lighting solutions and some hard parts that they carry as well. So that being said, Infinite Offroad believes in the show. They appreciate you guys, so they're going to give us 10% off for all the listeners. Code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S, at checkout. We'll get you 10% off the entire website. 